Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone you should never, ever invite square dancing or to a barbecue. Josh Hemo. I'm insulted. Oh, you good. You should be insulted. That's the point. Also, I'm very excited to welcome our friend, our very own personal squirrel from Texas, Destiny Nieto. Hi, y'all. Oh, she said y'all and everything. That's the best. Yeah, nice. That, that's the genuine article right there. It's a thing everyone says here. Did you plan it? Did you plan that? You said, oh, okay, he's going to introduce me and I'm going to have to say y'all. It's like, I got this. A Texas thing. <laughs> kind of. But also, oh, it's just man. like a natural thing that I say that I have definitely been called out before by like people that don't live here. I can vouch for that. I, I have heard you say it just naturally. I'm a little disappointed, though, because you forced it just for the intro. But it's, it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't force it. I emphasized it. That. That's good. I guess, go. I guess I'll, I'll give that to you. Destiny is here for all you listeners out there, all one billion of you, um, <laughs> because she's basically an expert in all things Texas, a.k.a. she lives in Texas. And last time Josh and I uh, kind of mentioned Texas, we kind of have a little, uh, little beef with it. So we wanted to like even out this episode, especially because it is a Texas-based episode. So Destiny, tell us a little bit on... Your like SpongeBob background, and then also like your Texas background, because I want to make sure that the listeners know like that you're legit. Okay, um, I've been listening to SpongeBob since I feel the beginning. I've it's been my favorite show growing up, as you've talked about in your podcast. It has so many life lessons that you don't really realize until you get older. But like as watching, you're just like, oh, this is fun. He's just blowing bubbles and having good times with his friends. Uh, but I always loved it. And like the funny thing is my parents hated it. They absolutely <laughs> hated that I watched Spongebob. They're like, this is stupid. It's so dumb and childish. And I'm like, I'm in first grade. Of course, I'm going to like something childish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I love Spongebob. I definitely reference it daily. I'm pretty sure in elementary school, I don't know what year, I had a Spongebob themed birthday. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, super fan. Uh, so Texas knowledge, uh, I wasn't born here, but all my family is from Texas. So Texas has always been home no matter where I lived, like just Christmas vacation, summer vacation, any vacation, we would always come back to Texas to visit home. Um, I moved here in the seventh grade and mm -hmm. then it was in the San Antonio area. Don't know if you all know where that is, but um, so live there until... I graduated high school and then I moved to Austin, Texas, and that's where I am right now. Oh, that's good. Do you like Austin? I Do you feel like it's yeah. like other parts of Texas? Because I've been to El Paso. I didn't I was not a fan. <laughs> oh, it's definitely different from El Paso. Uh <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It's definitely, definitely different than most cities um mm -hmm. in Texas. Just that I don't know, it's like its own little state within it i don't know how to describe it but like anyone here can, mm. can be like no austin texas is like is it totally different than dallas or in houston or other like the big like cities in texas so josh what's your do you have beef with texas i i, I want to clarify so everyone knows where we're <laughs> starting before we go into this mostly the biggest beef is food from texas mm. all right we'll get we'll get into that later <laughs> Yeah, I already heard. I already heard Destiny go. Uh, uh, 
So we'll see. Um, we'll talk about you. that you later. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that we have a pro Texas voice because I was raised in a family that was, you know, not allowed to like the Cowboys. I'm not a Spurs fan. <laughs> there's a exactly. There's a lot of anti-Texas sentiment in my family. <laughs> uh, my dad was actually in El Paso for a while, and uh, he did not like it there either. So see, but like El Paso doesn't encompass all of texas El Paso is very will, much different than yeah i will states. admit that texas is a is a big state it, yeah it's a the lot second. bigger than you expect <laughs> and i haven't given it its full test but we'll talk about that <laughs> i'll talk about that more <laughs> a little bit later but uh other than that we're just gonna go ahead and jump straight into this episode if you haven't already kind of guessed it there's gonna be texas themes in here because we're talking about season one episode 18 texas and walking small. Texas. We open up with SpongeBob and Patrick and Sandy playing on the beach, and everyone's made like kind of like a sandcastle version of their home. And when SpongeBob and Patrick go to look at Sandy's, they realize that Sandy's sandcastle isn't her wonderful tree dome. It is just the state of Texas. And SpongeBob and Patrick are like, I don't know what that is, and it kind of just falls apart. And then Sandy's kind of like bummed out and they're completely oblivious to the, the fact that sandy isn't feeling too hot so sandy's like you know what i'm just gonna head back home back to my tree dome because these people don't know what texas is and they just feeling a little she's feeling a little homesick and on the walk back through jellyfish fields spongebob and patrick are trying so hard to like be friends and kind of cheer her up and kind of get her in the mood to like hang out and they catch a jellyfish and they show it to her and then they end up releasing the jellyfish and SpongeBob has this whole little speech that he gives the jellyfish on how it needs to go back home and all its friends miss it. And this basically causes Sandy to break down and cry and admit that she's homesick. So SpongeBob and Patrick get a bright idea and they're going to take her back home, which ends up being her tree dome, which just causes her more duress and to be like really sad and then go into lockdown. SpongeBob and Patrick are kind of just like, well, I guess it's a squirrel thing and they walk away. Uh, Sandy comes out of her tree dome and serenades us with one of the most beautiful songs in SpongeBob history um, and sings a nice, beautiful ode to Texas. Um, her song makes everyone cry in Bikini Bottom, and SpongeBob realizes that the song came from her heart and she's really sad and homesick. And Patrick's all like, why don't we just bring Texas down here? Patrick gives this great idea and they decide to throw basically a surprise party for Sandy. So they go to pick her up. We see Sandy kind of like packing up. And sure enough, she's like, I'm going back to Texas and I'm probably not coming back. So she hops on a bus and nothing SpongeBob said on the entire way there would bring her back until Patrick says, well, what's so great about dumb old Texas? And let me tell you, Sandy got beef. So she takes that bus right in reverse and begins telling SpongeBob and Patrick basically not to talk smack about Texas. And then thus begins in my opinion, one of the best bits in SpongeBob history where they basically dog on Texas for a good 10 minutes. And so they talk a lot of shit about Texas and it ends up luring Sandy to chase them. So they're running away and running away and Patrick pushes it a little bit too far, causing Sandy to go basically full Hulk mode and chase them down all the way to the Krusty Krab, taking out Patrick in like hogtied style with a lasso, very Texas uh, powered anger to the crusty crab and spongebob makes it there grabs the door and 
Sandy with combined with SpongeBob's masterful strength and her masterful strength just rip off the face of the Krusty Krabs. And turns out it's a wonderful Texas themed party with barbecues and peas in a can, pie, basically a, a weird version of Texas that doesn't exist, I hope. And this Texas themed surprise makes Sandy laugh so hard that she cries. And then she's like, home isn't about, you know, barbecues and stuff like this. It's about being around critters that care about you. And she realizes with her own advice that she's been home all along. Oh, the end of that. Half. It was very cute. Um, so Destiny, I want to start you, start you out since you're our Texas expert. I have a very important question. Do you think Sandy does a good job of repping Texas or do you think she's a poser? I think she does a really good job of encompassing what everyone thinks Texas is. Just like mm-hmm. good old Southern girl, just missing home. But yeah, I definitely look up to Sandy, can relate to her a lot, especially in this episode. Like I said, how I wasn't exactly born here. Um, and then being, being an army brat, um, moving around a lot, you do miss home. Uh, so seeing this definitely was like, I feel you, Sandy, you know? Do you relate to Sandy in every other episode or just this one? Like this one hits hits at home? This one, for lack of a better term, yes, it hits at home. No, I definitely uh, do relate to Sandy other other than just being from Texas. Um Kind of feel like she's also just like one of the guys uh, can like hang with all the bros and stuff. And like I've always had more guy friends than female friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. It's just a thing. It's because dudes are the best, right, Josh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're seeing the sound so excited for that. No. Yeah, cool. <laughs> support still. Half, half that support, but it's still there. This week, there's a lot of lessons I felt like this week. Mm-hmm. I think, like, when we start out, I mean, the whole thing is about, like, being homesick. And that was, like, the big feeling that I got from this episode. And, like, it could relate a lot to that, you know? I mean, with traveling a lot for work, I do get homesick a lot. And, like, you just end up getting lonely. And it's just learning how to deal with that. And I think watching this episode is kind of watching Sandy's progression of dealing with that loneliness or that isolation you feel when you're away from home. And like learning how to build a new home for yourself somewhere else. I feel that too, especially like being a young adult. And when I moved to like New York, it's definitely like you have to build like a completely new family when you go to like a different phase in your life. Like, especially if you're far away. So like, you know, I went to, you and I went to school in Tucson, which isn't that far from like my hometown and like traveling all the way to New York is a completely different you know, yeah. situation. Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily the same. We're going from, you know, almost across the country. Um, so Austin's about like an hour and a half away from where my family is. But mm-hmm. I, you still get that same loneliness that like, oh, I'm kind of by myself right now. Like I don't have that like familiarity. Security. Yeah, security yeah. that you were used to. But it is like a cool to like create your own family. Uh, wherever you're at and just know like you have that support system which can be like just Mm -hmm. as strong as like your actual family yeah and for me like that's what really stuck out about this episode that i was kind of surprised by is because i remember this episode you know basically for all the texas goofs um and just you know just the song and everything like that and really on the surface kind of like what you were mentioning earlier destiny is like when you watch 
SpongeBob, like on the surface, it always seems very like just nonsensical fun. Mm -hmm. And like, this is like a such a deep subject, especially when you move away for the first time, even if it's like not that far, because you are kind of like on your own and trying to do your best to like, I don't know, like again, make that new family. And like some, some people don't have that. Some people don't even have like good family to hang around. So like, their family, their first family that they create is kind of like the first family that they actually kind of enjoy. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to bring up that the Texas state motto is friendship. Um, so I thought that really fit in well with the episode. It's just like just the strong bond of friendship, how that can just completely change you, like completely change your aspect, like and what your situation is going on with, you know, just because. Sandy was super down. She was she literally had her bags packed, was on the bus until like SpongeBob showed her like, hey, no, like we're your family, too. Like we can show you we can show you that we can bring Texas here. OK, so you kind of brought it up, but well, I think you glazed over it just a little. <laughs> so in between that wonderful step where there's a nice heartwarming lesson, there's magic talking. And yeah. I think we're going to have to address it. I think um, so. Because I find you're one of the few people that I will always, anytime I watch this episode or I think about Texas, I will send Destiny some type of GIF mm-hmm. or some type of Texas-related thing or burn from this show. Yep. And, you know, there is like a friendly rivalry there, but does it actually bug you? Does it bug people in Texas? This is a Texas, you're speaking for all of Texas oh, right gosh. now. So, weight so is on you your shoulders. Carry, <laughs> yeah, you carry a heavy weight. I think... Like how SpongeBob puts it, no, it does not offend me. It's kind of funny, like oh, haha, yeah, that, yes, like we kind of get like over prideful about some stuff. But like, if an actual person like just talk Texas, I'm pretty sure anyone from here would be like, no, like this is my home, don't mess with Texas, which is another motto that we have. Okay, so what's the official state motto? You guys like friendship, but also don't with me. Is that so the. the Yeah, exactly. Um, so the official state motto is friendship. But we also mm-hmm. have a motto that's don't mess with Texas. That was actually a huge anti-littering campaign that happened in like the 80s. And that just like blossomed into just like a state of mind that just like do not mess with where I'm from. So if I just started quote, quoting SpongeBob in Texas, this particular episode, do you think I'd get jumped? Um, by certain people. I think if you asked anyone that's like our age, like, oh, nice, like a SpongeBob fan, like, haha, you're making fun of Texas. If you like asked or made the statements in front of like an older someone ignorant, ignorant or like an <laughs> ignorant wow. to the ways of SpongeBob, yeah, or an label. older label, crowd, uh, possibly. So don't don't take the the name of Texas in vain. Is accurate. That is very accurate. That's good. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> Since you were spouting off some fun facts, I'm going to add the two fun facts that I thought were really interesting just because of Sandy's song. So the whole Texas song is apparently based off Hank Williams' 1950s hit, Long Gone Lonesome Blues. Mm -hmm. The song is also sang in a similar tune to Hank Williams Jr.'s family tradition. So I am very, uh, I think this is another reason why Texas and I haven't meshed in the past. I'm, I'm my heart is open okay i don't want it to okay. make it seem like i hate texas but like i am not a fan of country music the closest i get to country music is the devil went down to georgia <laughs> that's a great song 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's the only country song I've been like in love with. And then and before Taylor Swift revealed that she was a big old snake, I listened to that when she still had a country twang in her voice. Yeah, her like first album, like that's really good. Other than that, hate her. <laughs> yeah. This is not a very a pro Taylor Swift uh, podcast. podcast I realize. No. Good. She hates us. <laughs> good, I'm glad. <laughs> Whoa. I don't want to get into that. That sounds dark. <laughs> Um, one thing that I saw with the episode that I really enjoyed was the whole kind of like depression and sadness, like undertones that like Sandy gets like so bummed out and she kind of like immediately isolates herself, which is like, I think a very common trait you see with a lot of people when they're like not feeling well. And it's, I think it is really interesting that SpongeBob kind of has to step in in order to kind of like reminder of that. That's fair. But I also think that. What I wrote down is like that it's good to keep in mind when people are sad and like try to address it, but people also need distance. So I think like in the case, like in the very beginning, he kept asking her like, do you want to do this and do this and this and this? Like just let her be, some people just need the time to be sad for a second. And I think that's important to realize like that distance, that alone time actually helps people process stuff better. Yeah. I think he might've triggered it more with the whole like, Definitely with the like jellyfish. Yeah, situation. exactly. I think, I it think maybe if he had left it between there. Yeah. Maybe. Just let her like let her be homesick for a bit. Like everyone gets sad, and I think that if you poke too much at it, it does exasperate the situation a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like sometimes you just have to respect the way others cope with things and emotions. And we all know SpongeBob can be a little bit in your face sometimes, but. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like he did back off a little bit once he realized, like, oh, this isn't the home she's talking about. Um, and then so, I mean, I don't it does, obviously doesn't show in the episode, but I feel like he took some time to do some Texas research because in the beginning of the episode, he's like, what's a Texas? But then yeah. by the end, he's like, here's all here's a Texas party. So I feel like he had the time that he took to like learn about Texas gave Sandy a little bit of time to like gather her emotions. So what do you think is like a is there like a library or do you think he just had to like think back into like his old like Texas brain? He was like, I every time that Sandy mentions Texas, that's what I have to remember that memory. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, is there a library in Bikini Bottom? Because like how I feel like Sandy doesn't casually mention pecan pie or square dancing unless he got it all from the song. I guess. Like, (laughs) is that the only like he just. I mean, I guess I do want to point out though that uh, Flass is dancing with a cube, not a square. Just square dancing. Square dancing. Yeah. So it's cube dancing, not square dancing. That's why so. I feel like it's more of like stuff that he's heard her talk about before. Like if he went to a library, I feel like he would had more actual information. He wouldn't have been like a pecan, not a pea in a can. <laughs> so I feel like this is all stuff he's just heard and tried to put it together in his sponge brain. My favorite is the always the barbecue. Yeah, Squidward's just like Squidward's suffering because like, I that it's it is such like a weird word that I think barbecue, like, yeah, yeah, where we're just like okay, like a barbecue, <laughs> painful, painful stuff. I also love, I always love when they do like realistic Sandy, where she's always like just a regular squirrel. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. the part where it's just like a single tear running down like a normal squirrel, <laughs> like listening to. Yeah. I think we all relate to that squirrel. Yeah. Just <laughs> I I have also turned into a squirrel and cried <laughs> one single tear. So I just want to list because again these are my favorite 
all the roasts that they pull out. Um, so the first of all is what's so great about dumb old Texas? Texas is dumb. And then we can't say anything bad about dumb old Texas. That one's kind of like repetitive. But then the infamous line, can we say that people from Texas are dumb? <laughs> and then I love it later because Patrick's like, can we say that plants from Texas are dumb? Or shoes are Texas from dumb? And it's like, we all know that everyone in Texas doesn't wear shoes. They wear boots. Yeah, that's right? for sure. I only own boots. That's the only shoe I wear. Yeah, just like Josh and I, like when we lived in Arizona, that's all we had to wear was boots as part of like the, the cowboy uh, attire. Aesthetic, mm-hmm. yeah. And like bolo yeah. ties, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we all wore bolo ties, boots, rode horses. It's a Southwest thing. If you guys are not from the Southwest, yeah. any of the listeners <laughs> you don't get it. It's there, crazy over you don't here. Get it. Late. Yeah. Ride a horse to school, you get it tied up, you know. Classic, classic lasso, lasso school. You guys all remember lasso school, right? Yeah, oh, lasso, school, lasso school, of course. <laughs> Aced yeah. it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> obviously you're from Texas. Oh, it's, duh. It's like that's where like was born lasso. <laughs> lasso school. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's so much packed in just this first half. Yeah. I also think like we talked we talked a little bit about this in our bubble break last week when we had that question from the viewer like how shows can be controversial. I think this is a good episode to kind of like reflect on that because mm-hmm. I think there is a so couple things like it's it's all go- jokes and gags, but it's also like if you can take it in a PC kind of way, mm-hmm. like the way that Patrick and SpongeBob like imitate cowboys and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like that wasn't great. That's like a little controversial. And the whole like misinterpreting the culture with the holiday, like it's all cute, cutesy and stuff. But it's kind of like if you think of like Cinco de Mayo in oh, yeah. the United yeah. States and stuff and like um, the 4th or not the 4th of July but um, St. Patrick's Day it's like we take those so out of context that it becomes like almost insulting in a way yeah so and that's what it reminded me of one thing that like uh, kind of set off my wokeness was my wokeness. when they're like oh it, it just it's just the squirrel thing yeah, Which yeah. Even, it's like a even girl the, thing yeah exactly yeah. even the Spongebob wiki was like yo this is definitely a play on it's a girl thing so I know yeah. it's like a, a common thing and so uh, Destiny since you are the one girl representative currently <laughs> I will let you go first on your thoughts on this statement yeah like like you said earlier like, it definitely went over my head at least I'm pretty sure like just it went over my head the first time I saw it and like continue to saw it a couple like more times like you're just like oh ha just a squirrel thing until like your pc brain comes on and is like mm-hmm. oh yeah no you're digging on females not only are you digging on like this the squirrel now you're also like digging on her gender mm-hmm. and then also reminded me of like when people like when it's that time of the month and they're like oh she's just pmsing it's fine like oh yeah like no 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 <laughs> This is no, something I definitely you do got not those say. vibes. That, that was 100% the vibe I got from that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, when I heard that, I was like, yikes. <laughs> yikes, Patrick. I understand you're not the smartest person, but. Be more woke. <laughs> oh, speaking of smart, Patrick, I just have to mention it because it is an iconic line. The Patrick, your genius is showing. <laughs> Where? Such an adult joke. I didn't get it. And, uh, it took me a long time to get that one. And you're like, oh, oh, he's talking about. I see now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anyone. I want everyone else to figure it out on their own. I'm not going to say exactly what he's referencing. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing where it's just like, it's a squirrel thing. I was like, whoa. Because yeah, like so I, 100% gender, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's just really interesting. Again, like, we, again, when we talked about it, it's just how 
culture changes like it might that those kind of jokes and stuff would have been like i again we never would have realized it as kids and i'm sure our parents like might have went over their heads but now in a more pc culture that we have it has changed where that can be more much more offensive like jokes like that especially coming from a cartoon and to be fair like the whole the way that they portrayed like the cowboys and stuff like reminded me a lot of like the whole donald trump imitating people on the campaign trail and stuff you know yeah. yeah and it's like it's super difficult because a lot of those things like you don't it's very like on um it's a very low level of like insult like it's very systematic and it's very like again just something you can easily pass by and like we did as children because like back then we didn't really there were people who cared that much but they weren't the mainstream and it's definitely that completely different now that we are the kind of that voice is kind of the mainstream voice um, one small thing that I do want to bring up with the whole like insults and situation going on like that, I I blame this episode probably in my early development that I find it quite hilarious roasting people and having people react too over the top over being roasted. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. <laughs> so like for example, um, I come from a culture, a Mexican culture. That is very much like we talk to each other all the time and they talk about like any little stupid things that you do. If you accidentally like, you know, do something, you will never live it down. Like I remember to this day, I brought my parents to Avatar, the the last airbender movie. Mistake. (laughs) And it sucked really bad. And still to this day, they're like, I can't believe Oman brought us to that damn uh, movie that sucked. (laughs) And because we went to the midnight premiere, which in small towns is like a pain in the ass. so it's stuff like that like i've and i find in my <laughs> work situation or like any other situation i have you know sometimes you say something that's a joke but then people just like take it way too seriously and like it definitely like you were saying with the whole like texas thing like if someone knows that you're joking about like SpongeBob and stuff like that, like if I tell you like, oh, plant are plants from Texas dumb, you're not gonna freak out. At least I hope that you wouldn't. No, I would not. But I think there's a lesson in there that you just shouldn't let people like manipulate you like that. And to me, like I get a huge kick out of doing that to people, which is real fed <laughs> up with me. But it's really funny for me. So I don't know how you, you guys it's just think like about that. more about reading a room. I mean, mm-hmm. it's okay to make jokes like that, but it's also like understanding if the people that you're around will get that sense of humor, especially if it's new people, like uh, making a joke like that, it can be a very easy way to like make <laughs> someone think, yeah, it'd be like, Oh, this is an asshole. I am not going to hire this person. or I don't want to work with this person again. And you know, it's something completely innocent. And that's the thing is, is like, it's so crazy. Like how much situational awareness you have to have sometimes at work or like in the social situation that you need to be able to read a room correctly. Is that uh, why I don't have any friends, Josh? Oh, I didn't want to bring it up now, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. But for me, what drives me nuts the most is when uh, people dish it but can't take it. Oh, for sure. Because I, yeah. I was uh, one time I was at work and this person made an offhand remark that they were going to sell the equipment because I had left it at this person's desk. You know, it's my job at the end of the shift to put the equipment away. And they made this offhand, what I thought was a joke, where they were like, oh, yeah, like, if you leave that by my desk, I'm going to sell it on eBay. And I was like, only if you give me a, a part of the cut. And then they were like, do I need to tell your supervisor about this? 
like that you're not doing your job and i was like whoa this is completely out that of way line. out yeah. and so i just like grabbed the equipment and i was like do what you want <laughs> <And I walked laughs> <away. laughs> but i don't know i guess i'm just a uh, an asshole that's okay no omar you're not oh thank you <laughs> oh thank you josh yikes <laughs> wow this is the part about Our- reading a room yeah <laughs> oh, you guys aren't in the room i can't read it <laughs> um like the last big thing I want to bring up and like talk about is like goodbyes, um, because I think that's a way like the way Sandy handles the situation is kind of interesting to me because I run into people all the time, especially like traveling and stuff. People go from gig to gig and like how you say goodbye to people is very interesting in how they remember you. So I like have a friend who won't do goodbyes. He'll just like leave and just go off to his next gig and not say goodbye to people. And that's kind of what Sandy was trying to do here. She's like, you know, it'd be too hard. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bother so I'm like wanting to get your guys' take on like, what do you think? Is it worth the pain, emotional pain to go through, like say goodbye to your friends if you're moving? Or is it better just to be like Irish goodbye and leave? <laughs> um, I'm very much the person's like, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone before I leave. Um, yeah. Just go through that pain now and just like whenever you reflect on it later, like, okay, like I said my goodbyes. We're good now rather than like Irish goodbying. I mean, I do that like at parties and get togethers. I just yeah. don't want anyone to know that I'm leaving early. Uh, but yeah, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't invite Destiny to your party. Yeah, don't invite me. Smile. I'm going to leave at like 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think I guess uh, especially this probably is true for Destiny and I. It's just the fact that we're like military kids. I think you get used to like. I know you have to like kind of make it a deal if you actually care about the person I feel. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always like the thing with like traveling and stuff for me is like, I always want to make sure people know, because I think like if you just do like the Irish goodbye kind of thing, right. You just leave and don't say anything. People can misinterpret that to being like, you don't really care. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want people to feel that way. Cause it's like a lot of times you do care. These people, you make connections, you make friends. And it's like the worst thing you can do is, not say goodbye and then regret it later. And I think that's also another thing is like for, on a personal level, like regretting not saying goodbye to someone that you might not ever see again kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, this podcast is a perfect example because if Destiny had probably not said goodbye to me back in seventh grade when she moved away to Texas, which is probably another reason why I have subconscious hate for Texas, <laughs> then she probably wouldn't be on this podcast. She'd be hanging out in Austin doing cool, cooler things. <laughs> no, I'd be asleep. Oh, yeah. I mean, Arguably that's pretty cooler. cool. <laughs> so is whenever SpongeBob is trying to get Sandy to the Krusty Krab, and, he, and he's like, come on, let's go to the Krusty Krab. And she's like, I don't want to. I'm tired of fish food. But isn't Krabby Patty's burgers? And that's the controversy, isn't it? I wrote that down too. So, <laughs> what are Krabby Patties actually made well, what of? What are they made of? <laughs> because I think, I think we're looking too deeply into it. Because I'm <laughs> I a first, I am also, I'm also camp that Krabby Patty secret ingredient is not fish related. When I think fish food, I think food for fish. I still think it's a controversy there. Yeah, I think there's something, something deeper there. S- Sandy knows too much. Yeah. This isn't the chum bucket, like isn't that thing like it's fish? Because chum, well, chum is fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what if you know they're across the street could, from each other, aren't they? That could be bad market. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I think the world will never know. 
last little fun fact that I had is that this is so far the only episode I've noticed with a transition that isn't bubbles, which we use here on the podcast. There's like a ripped piece of paper noise that they use for the very first transition at the top of the episode, which is okay, pretty funny. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Good catch. Thank you. This is why I keep you around. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, I have another fun fact that I found. Um, so, you know, at the end of Sandy's song, Texas song, like the deep voice, the yeah. guy who does that is actually from Arizona. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Texas. Well, Someone from Arizona did it. Rolling around with this Texas theme. Since we have a Texas guest on, we're going to talk about Texas. All right. So, Destiny, you have the floor. Oh, boy. What? We talked about Tex-Mex, so I'm going to give you a chance to defend Tex-Mex. Oh, my God. First, okay, I want to ask what is wrong with it. Why do y'all hate it? Oh, my God. Here we go. Do you got all day? We don't, Our bubble breaks aren't that long, Destiny. <laughs> okay, the bi- okay, then the biggest, like, the biggest thing, the biggest beef you have with it, then. I just think it's coming from, like, Tucson, where you get, like, legit Mexican food. It's hard for me to then go and get something that's like claimed to be Mexican food and it's really just Tex-Mex. It's just a disappointment. I think it's the authenticity of like the meal I'm having and the flavors. It's just not there. But it's not okay. Mexican Wait, wait, food. hold on. Well, you will get your chance, Destiny. Calm down. <laughs> Stop screaming. The one thing I will say is typically when you join two different cuisines like American and something else or for example like Korean food and Mexican food uh, or any type of combination like that, usually you amplify the two things. And I find with Tex-Mex, it's just kind of a watered down version of Mexican food. You may go now. I will give you, you have the floor. You may go now. You you had the time and you gave it to us. So I just wanted to make sure that you have time now to rebuttal for rebuttal. I appreciate your feedback. Um, and that's it. Thanks. <laughs> and that's the end of the bubble break. But like, the thing is, it's not supposed to be Mexican food. That's why it's called Tex-Mex. It's like so a b- bad Mexican combo food. food. No, because it's not supposed to be like. Okay, have you ever had Tex-Mex in Texas? Like, not a chain, yes. like a legit one. I have. I believe I have. In like El Paso, I, I didn't. Like I went to El Paso and my parents brought me to a place. Okay. But I don't know that I didn't remember the name because I wasn't impressed. Well, I mean, <laughs> fair. <laughs> I just I don't understand y'all. It is so good. The fusion between the two. Oh, it is so good. Queso. Do y'all not you, like queso? I, don't, I think the only Tex Mex that I can say is good, and Josh will back me up on this, are nachos. That's true. And. Yes. Because I knew this might be a topic, I looked up the history of nachos. And let me tell you what, Destiny, Mexican in origin, but not American in the execution. But, so okay. it's not technically Tex-Mex. But did you know that Texas introduced the first stadium nacho? So that's where the fusion comes in. But yeah, but a Mexican <laughs> came up with it. Yeah, a Mexican what, came up with processed cheese. Well, that's what Tex-Mex is. It's Mexicans from Texas that made this food. Well, I think maybe Tex-Mex. Because for me, what I feel like a lot of Tex-Mex ends up becoming, and a perfect example is if you want to watch Master Chef, there's one with Shane the Train. It's Master Chef Junior. I love. Okay. I I love it. Shane the Train. I love him. He 
Shout out. Created Tex Mex. Well, he did like a Tex Mex dish, and it ended up just being a glob of cheese, <laughs> which I feel like Yum. that's what Tex Mex. Every Tex Mex, I, I, it ends up being like, you know how when nachos get to that point where like the cheese all becomes one cheese? <laughs> like, I feel like at that point, you've already failed. Like when the chip is soggy? No, no, no. Not when the chip is soggy. Like, I don't mind soggy chips. Like, when, like, say you use like a, me- or like a, like a, the four cheese blend situation, and then uh-huh. it all like, congeals into one giant slab of cheese so when you grab one chip all the cheese comes with it that's like when i imagine tex-mex that's how i feel that's why you just got to eat it fast like just like chip dip chip dip you know what i mean i I eat pretty fast so so you don't wait for it to coagulate behind it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just think this might be something we won't agree with because like Again, I just feel like a lot of text messages like, let's add cheese and sour cream and congratulations, it's Tex-Mex. Yeah. <laughs> That's Tex-Mex. It's so good. To be fair, I'm not saying that it's like awful. Like I will eat Tex-Mex if I have to. I just think sometimes, and like I've encountered it, where some Tex-Mex meals are like, take themselves way too seriously. They're like, oh, this is so authentic. It's so good. But again, like it does not stand up to what I'm expecting when I order like tacos or nachos or something. So we were just spoiled. I think that's what it really is. Y'all are just spoiled. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm spoiled off good Sonoran Mexican food. I'm happy with that. So Destiny, I have another question. As far as some Texas misconceptions, so is is it true that everything is bigger in Texas? Yes. Got it. Everything? It uh, can you provide some examples? Okay. Um, I actually looked this up today. Because I was looking up like random facts to tell you, and apparently Texas was uh, the first place uh, to introduce silicone uh, breast implants. Oh, <laughs> so everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> From Texas, <everything> is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give Texas that one. <laughs> I hear a lot of hyping up about what a burger, and I don't know the hype. <sighs> I would take in and out over a burger. <laughs> oh God, I, I struck a nerve. <laughs> to be fair, I actually Waterburger is pretty good. Thank you. I do. I oh, wow. jump on that Waterburger train. There's a Waterburger here in Texas, or not Texas. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, Texas, but Tucson. There's a water. There's a Waterburger here in Damn, Tucson. Damn, Josh, you've already been converted. Yes, got one. <laughs> She's already got you believing you're in Texas. <laughs> yeah, there is one in Tucson. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is yeah. one in Tucson. Um, but I, I would take in and out over Waterburger nope. any day. Mm-mm. Mm. You know why? Present your cases. Because yes. In-N-Out's fries suck. They are Oof. not good. Here we go. They are like, <laughs> you can taste the frozenness. They're not frozen, though. No, but I mean There's like- fresh potatoes. No, but you, it tastes like fake fries. <laughs> Maybe you just have gotten so used to fake fries that- No. They don't no, like uh, there's, a, there's like multiple In-N-Out's here. Well- Man, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have picked this for the bubble break. It's just all of us like, no. <laughs> It's good though. Again, You're we're wrong. clearing, clearing, clearing up misconceptions. <laughs> but yeah, no. What other if you ask anyone here in Texas, like the whole, because the whole Waterburger In and Out debate has been pretty recent here, just, especially in Austin, because mm-hmm. they there's like three in Austin now, and they're like popping up everywhere. Everyone's like, yeah, if I want like a small burger, I'll go to In and Out. But like, if I want a meal, I'm gonna go to Waterburger. That's why you, when you go to In and Out, you get that that quad, that four by four. <laughs> There's nothing small about that four by four. (laughs) And I'm sure in Texas there's like a secret Texas menu. I don't know. I haven't tried it enough. 
Just go to an In-N-Out and be like, what's the secret Texas menu? Excuse me, I'm here for the secret Texas menu? I'm a Texan. <laughs> I'm a Texan? Here's my Texan card? Here's my Texan card. <laughs> and then you just, you lift up your shirt and it's just a brand on your skin that says Texas. <laughs> yeah, I branded myself with a Texas outline. It's like kind of like when you get citizenship in Texas, because it's basically a different country. Yeah. Boom. They brand you. Yeah. So that way everyone knows. Forever. Speaking Yikes. of branding, though, uh, I know a couple people that I went to high school with that branded themselves like with like. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a plus or a it's minus. A, it's a big minus. But... I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that is a thing. If you if that was a misconception y'all had, that is a thing people do. What is so out of all the misconceptions and stuff that you hear about Texas, which one do you think reigns the most true? Oh, the most true. Yeah. Hmm. Most true. Um, I think it kind of can go back into the episode where like just how prideful Sandy is about Texas. Uh Like people from Texas are super prideful about like the state, their hometown, the teams they root for, which is like can be any like that can be in any given state. But I feel like people from Texas are like they make it bigger about Texas pride. Yeah, Texas pride. And like, I mean. Like Omar and I were saying that we're both from like military backgrounds, so obviously we've met people from all over the place, and like from hanging out with those people and making like being friends with those, like I just never seen like pride as much as like Texas pride. Okay, it's true. All the most obnoxious fans I know are from Texas. <laughs> true, yeah, we're especially, we can be very obnoxious fans, especially those Longhorns. Yeah, we can't. We suck at football. But we're going to be oh. super proud about it. <laughs> um, one thing just uh, before we, we finish up the bubble break. Um, is it true that when you sing the stars at night are big and bright? It, do people actually like if I screamed that if I was drunk walking in, in Austin? Yeah. And I was like the stars at night. But like I was drunk at a, an inopportune time. Not like when everyone else is drunk. Like I'm talking about like middle of the day. No, yes. You can you can do that like in the middle of a restaurant, and if you just like bring it out, at least one person is gonna clap. That's festive. I like that. <laughs> festive. <laughs> Maybe I'll add it to the list of things I enjoy about Texas. It's a very short list. Just short. <laughs> you have one so far. No, it's uh, I enjoy bowling for soup because they're from Texas. <laughs> no particular order. Okay. Uh, processed processed cheese. Even though I'm lactose intolerant now. <laughs> Um, and Selena Quintanilla. Yep, that should be number one. And uh, well, it, again, no particular order. <laughs> and then I, I guess you're in there a little bit, Destiny. Oh, thank you. Aww. Aww. Walking small. So we start out at the Gulagoon, and Plankton's there with his bulldozer and his megaphone trying to get all the beachgoers to leave the beach so he can start his new restaurant, Chum Bucket Mega Bucket. But being of smaller stature no one hears him they just hear it's like a squeak and he realizes because he's so small he can't get anything done so he finds an opportunity to manipulate someone and who is that spongebob of course so he comes up with this plan to make spongebob more assertive and that is how he'll get people off the beach so he notices that spongebob tries to get ice cream and all these people cut in front of spongebob and spongebob doesn't say anything so he tries to teach him a lesson and be like hey you know, isn't it nice to get what you want sometimes? He he bribes him with ice cream. And Spongebob's like, yeah, you know, if I can get what I want, that'd be great. He's like, all right, you got to be assertive. And at that moment, someone sits on Spongebob. And Plankton's like, 
you got to be assertive. Tell him to get off of you. And SpongeBob tries a couple times, even at one point mistakes assertive for insertive and sticks his finger in the guy's pocket. <laughs> Classic joke. <laughs> so the rest, uh, we go from there into the multiple situations of SpongeBob trying to be assertive and not doing a very good job. Until he finally starts like realizing once Plankton it's like, all right, I, you're hopeless. I can't really do anything. He packs his bag, gets ready to leave. Spongebob's so like, no, 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 let me try again. So he starts being more assertive in an, a destructive way. He eats all the hot dogs from the hot dog stand. He gets dust all over the other beachgoers. And he cuts all the kites from people flying kites and destroys the volleyball. All of this finally gets all the beachgoers to leave the Goolagoon. And Plankton comes in with his big bulldozer now, ready to and ready to install the new Chum Bucket Mega Bucket. Realizing that he's been manipulated by Plankton, SpongeBob's like, you know what? Well, obviously, if you're aggressively nice, and so he reverses all he does. He regurgitates those hot dogs. Everyone comes back, eats those hot dogs. He grabs the kites that he had cut away and brings them back for everyone. And even uh morphs himself into a surfboard so the surfer dude so some surf dirt dude can go catch some waves and at the end everyone comes back to the beach and plankton can't handle how sweet and nice spongebob was and we end the episode with spongebob becoming a volleyball and getting hit around i can relate to this a lot because there's a lot of times growing up like you've been told like i've been told like i don't talk enough and you need to be more aggressive more assertive and i feel like it's a big note that i've got so understand where spongebob's coming from from this Sometimes it's hard. I thought you were going to tell me that you like to be slapped around like a volleyball. <laughs> no, no, but fun fact. I mean, it was not a fun fact, but at some point when the beachgoers are all coming back onto the beach, they're like stomping, stomping on Plankton. And there is one moment when he is like, expre- he's expressing pain all through that. But there's one moment he actually is like, ooh. So I think Plankton has a little like a uh, little S&M fetish there. and SpongeBob both have like, a oh, yeah. little S&M <laughs> situation. I mean, we saw the torture device that he had in the suds episode so mm-hmm. <laughs> that that should come from nowhere <laughs> could have been um, could have been patrick's or, and then spongebob also did that role play in the other episode that's true <laughs> anyways but anyways in a more let's explore PG spongebob sense, kinks this is this um, episode <laughs> i do relate to the whole like being assertive thing because i before i moved to new york i was very much like uh if we were at a restaurant and be like oh well, can you ask them if we can get extra napkins i'd be that person and then fatima would be like sure whatever and then she's like can we have extra napkins uh but it, what's really weird for me though is i can be more outgoing when i'm doing it for someone else if it's for me i won't ask but if it's for someone else or they're like oh like i don't want to ask for napkins i'll be like excuse me can we have napkins <laughs> and that's when suddenly i'm like super assertive that's why he's like knows with SpongeBob too. Like he is an assertive person, like most of the time. Like he speaks out for his friends. He'll go out of his way to do stuff for people. But it seems like again, when it's like when he's looking at himself, doing stuff for himself, he doesn't really say much. Yeah, so, I feel like he him. does it. He is not as assertive when it. He feels like he's a bother to people. Yeah. Like where he's like, um, excuse me, can you get off my face, which is also my body? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag same. <laughs> <laughs> Every day that happens to me on the subway, someone sits on my head. We're not talking not about kinks. Remember, we're not talking about kinks anymore. <laughs> not in a good way. 
Sorry, I got I got lost. <laughs> we also get the classic stepping on the beach uh, in this episode. Oh, so good. <laughs> Have y'all um heard the M eighty three version of that? Hundred percent. Yes. Yes, of course. So it's a classic. <laughs> they played um ACL, which is a music festival here, um mm-hmm. like a couple years ago. And that's like one of their bigger songs. And just I was just cracking up the whole time they were playing because I just had like SpongeBob on a beach in my head the whole I time. Oh, I thought they played the version. No, oh my god, that would have been even better. No, they played their own version, but oh <laughs> in my, my head it was the SpongeBob version. <laughs> we all know which one's the better version. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm... again, it just it hits home because I'm very much like again before I moved to New York, I was because in New York you kind of have to be assertive. It's like, excuse me, you need to move. Like, that's what you kind of need to do everywhere. And I don't know. I liked it. I I like seeing SpongeBob be a little bit mean for once. I think there is a little bit of truth in Plankton's lesson or that you, like, should be more uh, assertive. And, like, even the time when he's, like, going in on that eel (laughs) where he's just, like, I think a little, like, mental aggression can be more powerful than like physical aggression sometimes no because I, I remember like in school i was never like the kid that was like meet me behind the school and i'll fight you or whatever and i was always a advocate for like say something so f***ed up that they'll think about it for the rest of their lives because i think that's more scarring great i never really did that but that's what i advocated for so you're just more into emotional abuse than physical abuse exactly because i feel like it does more <laughs> I think you should know that, Josh. You, do you remember I how, do. I, 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 how I started this episode? I remember how every I week int- of my life, every day of my life. I do, yes. <laughs> Good. Thank you. I feel sorry for your future children. <laughs> and I feel like it works very well, because look at Josh. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> He's enjoying life. But no, that's, like, that's the lesson, though. Um, I mean, Plankton says it. You're just like stairs. Like, don't let yourself get walked over. I think it's, it, it, it can be very tough. It can be very tough to be... To feel confident enough to be like, all right, I, I can speak up against this, but it's better to be quiet. And sometimes you should. A lot of times, like, someone says something, don't let them get away with it. And even if it's a friend, I think it's even more important when it's a friend. Like, say something to them because it's so easy for other people to walk all over you and, like, hurt your feelings. But if you don't say anything, they're going to continue doing it. And that's not – it doesn't help. It actually, like, will destroy your confidence slowly. And this person that you think is a friend just becomes more of a toxic person in your life. I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah, calling you out. I feel, I feel like that was very – It's pretty targeted. Yeah, yeah, just a little. Just a little, Josh. Uh, sorry, Destiny, sorry. Uh, Destiny, I'm sorry. I said we were going to keep it professional on this, and it's it's obviously not happening. Come in Jerry Spring right now. Yeah. <laughs> Destiny's in the corner, and you're like – Great. When do I? I don't know. Uh, when do I talk? Chime in now. Why am I here? <laughs> no, I'm. At, I'm in the same boat as y'all. Like, just I've always had a problem with being like assertive and like taking a st- not taking a stance, but just like, hey, this is what I would like to do, or like, hey, maybe this is a thing that we should be doing instead of doing this. Um, it's definitely like I had to teach myself how to be assertive, which is been a struggle like i definitely related to spongebob whenever like plankton's trying to coach him and then he's just like well like with the ill with the ice cream cone is like where plankton's like let him have it and he's like okay you can have it like i just <laughs> that whole just like downward like spiral like trying to be assertive but then just like actually being nice like i can definitely just relate to that 
And sometimes like you try and then you just become a little weenie. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to say something like I, every, I hate having to, to put on the, let me speak to your manager voice <laughs> <laughs> because like, I'm a firm believer. Put you should just, pants. <laughs> and, yeah. And like Josh, we talked about this in a past episode where it was like, with food service, like you kind of just want the people to just do the nice thing because that's smart. But then you have to like put on the, uh, your big boy pants and be like, let me speak to the manager kind of situation. And that's how you get done because yeah. like, that's how you have to do it. And I hate doing that. Cause it's like, why? It's definitely a fine line. Like learning how to be assertive or aggressive in a way that doesn't, hurt other people you know i mean don't go as far as spongebob and like show off your godlike powers be able to regurgitate food and catch kites and shape shift yeah you don't have to do all that but there is a fine line that you can walk where you're making sure that your needs are taken care of but you're not insulting the other people around you yeah Mm -hmm. like you don't want to be a pushover but at the same time you don't want to be a about it yeah yeah he got very toxic masculinity situation because he's like, I'm the alpha. Oh, for sure. I wrote that down. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. He was like pounding his chest and sh- Yeah. Like, I'm a regular alpha male. I was like, mm, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <Yeah. laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but I, I did like that you brought up his godlike powers because I do think that this is a perfect example of what happens when power goes unchecked, especially SpongeBob's. It's been manipulated. He just gets tainted. Well, all those hot dogs. Yeah. With one tongue. And regurgitated them. <laughs> in perfect, <laughs> in perfect order. form. Yeah. <laughs> too powerful. He's too powerful this too world. Powerful. And in both episodes, he shapeshifts. Yeah. There's no opposite. There's no like a, a counter argument for SpongeBob not having no. some type of super. It's knowledge. canon now. It's done. <laughs> it's definitely canon. <laughs> We're like basically almost at the end of season one and it's a hundred percent canon. It's every episode, so Yeah. Uh, so who whoever's out there talking <laughs> you'll know. Um this might be controversial, but like how do you guys eat ice cream? Do you lick the ice cream or do you bite it? SpongeBob did both and I just want to understand like what do you what is your approach when you tackle an ice cream cone? Um, I lick it first. I, like, I don't bite until I get to the cone part. Okay. But you don't physically bite the ice cream, right? Correct? Correct. Good, because I almost kicked you off the podcast. <laughs> so say it. And I think soft, anyone who bites spot. ice cream... It's a monster. It's like, a monster. My teeth are like hurting right now just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I got the sensitive teeth, too. Yeah. <laughs> can't bite into ice cream. no. It like it pains me watching people like, just like, like chewing like, on their like bite into the. I was like, how, how are you alive? Biting, like an apple or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> serial killers do that. <laughs> You're a sociopath. <laughs> I don't trust it. Taylor Dude. Swift probably bites into her ice cream. <laughs> She's gonna I'm hunt us down. She's part of the Illuminati. She's gonna kill us. <laughs> I did have uh, one of those moments that. Have you ever had like a situation? And I felt like with plankton it was that situation where you do something nice for someone and you instantly regret it because when he gives spongebob that ice cream and he's like and he's like slurping it down and being and gross about it i was like i've i felt that where you're just like i'm gonna do something nice for someone and then you just like i instantly I regret, regret this instantly instantly regret oh yeah for sure especially when you do like a small favor for someone you're like yeah for sure like i'll help you with this and then they like keep on hitting you up for that favor like over and over again you're like, I was just trying to be nice. Like, yes, I'm still gonna like 
help you if you need it. But like, I was just trying to be nice the first time. Yeah. And I think that's about setting boundaries. I think that's a good little lesson there is like understanding how to set the correct boundaries when you're doing good things for people. It can be very easily for them to get caught up in a like loop of continuing to just get, again, like get walked over all over by continuing to do good things. I feel like that's, it's crazy because we mentioned that multiple times throughout, um, you know, the podcast is like those setting those boundaries. And I think it's so interesting, especially with the first half of this episode, how often I think you as a young adult or Mm -hmm. we as young adults, like you can learn, you can actually learn how to be a young adult from SpongeBob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like being more assertive is something that all three of us had to like develop and like setting those boundaries and not shape shifting and stealing people's hot dogs, you know, (laughs) in, in the middle of all that is just like little nuggets of of wisdom, good old, uh, character building. It's true. If you will. (laughs) Um, I have a question about Plankton. How does he have the money to make a second location? That's a good question. Because like that... he doesn't have customers usually. Drugs. Drugs, right? That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> He's breaking bad. <laughs> breaking bad, bikini bottom. Maybe a uh, Karen. Well, I guess everything's paper money. I was like, maybe Karen's got some like Bitcoin. Bitcoin yeah, I was she got some too. Bitcoin. She invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> she invents. She is Bitcoin. Karen is. She Bitcoin. is Bitcoin. I don't know how Bitcoin works, but Karen's definitely like, Bitcoin. Yeah. She got that Bitcoin energy. <laughs> she got that Bitcoin. <laughs> yikes <laughs> no but that is a good point because like usually you don't open up a second location maybe he has a lot of student loans <laughs> <laughs> student he did go loans. to college just loans in general <laughs> he, he did go to college um i do like the line that much says he's like you used me for land development <laughs> like you as a kid you don't understand that you're like what the hell's land development <laughs> It's like, like a very grown-up concept. Like SpongeBob's just like that wasn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot voice. of like little one-liners that are great, and mm-hmm. just when he talks about inserter, he's like beep beep. He like puts his like <laughs> finger in that pocket. Like I I want that on loop. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a ringtone. It's just that of SpongeBob going beep beep or whatever his little noise that he makes. A lot of cheesy stuff too. The whole stand-up guy bit. He's yeah, like stand-up guy. Yeah, he's stand-up guy. He's like, "What's up with airline?" <laughs> it's yeah. great. Classic and little Seinfeld. They also did the whole uh, when he gets a tan when he kicks everyone out the beach and Plankton's like, "Is that tan all over?" It's like, "Well, not all over." <laughs> Have you guys ever been to a nude beach? No. No, there's one in Austin. Is there? Mm, oh. It's called Hippie Hollow. <laughs> Hippie Hollow. <laughs> Uh, Josh, in Tucson, I found out there's like a nude hiking trail. Is there? But my question is... I know is, there's like a nude colony here. I know there's a nude hiking trail. Yeah, I I don't know how I know that information. <laughs> All right. I, I've never <laughs> been. I've never been. But the thing that always concerns me when people are like talking about tans like all over is like, I can only imagine sunburn in your genital regions is a bajillion times worse than sunburn anywhere else. And I don't know why anyone would expose their uh, genitalia to the it's all about, that way. It's all about that sunscreen. That's that's a very awkward place to apply sunscreen. Yeah. But I guess if you're on a nude beach, it doesn't matter. I mean, you gotta maybe, protect maybe I'm it. just being a prude. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's a, that is probably the biggest lesson you will ever get from SpongeBob is that sunscreen is a very <laughs> freaking <important>. sunscreen. <laughs> Destiny, do you wear sunscreen? I do. Good, you better. Y'all, just like in Texas, everything's bigger. Got a big lesson coming at you. The one oh, I had ooh. was kill him with kindness. Oh, nice. Ooh. So why do you think kill him with kindness between both halves? Why do you think so, that uh, meshes together? In the first half of Texas, it's just like SpongeBob just wanted to have that kindness, that friendship just to bring Sandy back to like not being sad anymore. He's just being like super kind, super like there for her just to like cheer up a friend. And then in the second one, SpongeBob, like the whole trying to be assertive, but also being a dick about it, like did not work out for him. But when he was like kind of assertive and nicer about it, it like he had the friends back. He wasn't being mean and stuff. So that's why I said kill him with kindness. How do you think uh, we as listeners can benefit from that? that lesson you just dropped on us that bit of knowledge a bit of knowledge um like um <laughs> i don't know just like, don't be a dick <laughs> like, just, <laughs> that's like, solid advice <laughs> just, like in general like i just i feel like yes sometimes you do have to be a little bit mean but like not to where like you're making people cry for no reason or hurting people's feelings for no reason like as long as you're kind like do unto others as like the golden rule or whatever. Um, mm. I just feel like you'll get further if you're kind to people. Good good first lesson, Destiny. I find that a lot at work too. Like you work with like a lot of people who just like take work as if, if I'm just act like an asshole, things will get done. They're like, oh, you don't you can't be nice to these people. You gotta be mean and like that's how you get things done. But like I found like the complete opposite. Like when I work with crews and stuff, if you're nicer to them and like try to respect them a little bit more, you can be assertive, but if you're nice about it they will get stuff done just as fast and they won't fear you and they won't make as many mistakes. I think that's good. That's a good little lesson. I like it too because it's one of those it's one of those things like you said, Josh, in a work situation especially, I feel like people try to be they think that's what a leader is, is being mean. You try to be the alpha. Being, or, or being feared. Yeah. And mm. I would, I always tell people I'd rather have someone who's not as good at their job, who's like not a pain in the ass to work with than the other way around with someone who's like a total asshole and then I'm like great like this person's really good at what they do but it's also like i hate every moment that i'm with them and have to room. work with them yeah people dread working with assholes so and i think that's a big shift in like just the fact that like millennial culture like and i probably wear that label like i feel like they the younger wrong people, being a millennial yeah i feel like younger people are realizing like we don't have to be assholes to each other to have a good time and no. get done you can no. do both yeah, and I, that's definitely something I see, like, especially, like, working in an entertainment industry. I know I bring that up a lot, but, like, there are a lot of older people still, like, running the bigger stuff. And a lot of those older people tend to be jerks. A lot of jerks mm -hmm. out there. And there's no reason to be. It's so crazy. Like, they people get off of work and then they will just talk about this person. And be like, oh, they're such an asshole. Why do they have to be so mean? And, like, I can't I hate working with them. But then they go in and, like treat them like their shit don't stink and it's crazy to see that it's like if this person was just nice these people wouldn't talk shit about them and they would respect them and be nicer to them and like have like just be a more genuine person to this like asshole. very solid lesson yeah good good job thanks <laughs> all right josh what do you got uh i think going along with that is just like be aware how your actions affect others 
Um, in the first part, I think both Sandy and SpongeBob kind of didn't really realize how their actions were affecting others. Like SpongeBob was trying too hard to show Sandy how great things are and like try to make her happy even though she was sad and didn't realize like it was making her like in her way her own mental state like not great it was making her sadder and so I think he didn't realize like his effect or his actions by being this over-the-top happy person was making things worse for her and the same thing for Sandy she's not she didn't realize that her being mopey and sad and just like wanting to leave Bikini Bottom behind was making all these friends that she's had they're sad and like hurt that she didn't care about them anymore and then we see that in the second part is like the diff- uh, the difference between being like aggressive and then being like assertively nice is like you the way that you talk to people in order to like not be stepped on is affects them in the way that they treat you you know and the way that respect you so i think that's always a good thing to keep in mind again like what you do and how you portray yourself and the way that you act is always important to like be mindful of because it does change how people act around you and how they perceive you. It's very sweet. I like it. These are very heartwarming. <laughs> Is yours not? And I like <laughs> mine's evil. Mine's mean. It's mine's be a, to everyone. Surprise. That's the, that's the theme for me. No, um, mine kind of like squishes both of yours together, which is kind of nice. I like it when this happens. So mine is bringing people together is better than driving them away. So like. For me, when I saw Sandy, like, oh, she wanted to, like, basically isolate herself from everyone. Um, and, yeah, part of that was is to grieve a little bit and to, like, have that uh, homesickness. Like, kind of, like, again, feel your emotions. You got time to do that. But it was literally all the people coming together, Bikini Bottom showing Sandy, like, she does have family here that kind of seals it. And, like, SpongeBob's, like, the catalyst for that. Same thing with Plankton. Plankton wanted the beach all to himself so he could do whatever the f- he wanted to do. So with both scenarios, SpongeBob's like, you know, there's more... People were having a lot more fun and enjoying themselves and also like SpongeBob especially was enjoying himself a lot more when everyone was together and enjoying and being kind to each other and yeah, doing stuff like that. Yep. That's good. Again, like all our lessons like really fit together pretty well. It's always great when that happens. Yeah, it means that we're all in the in this uh, wonderful SpongeBob cult. Great. <laughs> indoctrinated. And we're indoctrinated. <laughs> Destiny, congratulations. Yes! <laughs> you're indoctrinated. Welcome to the cult. <laughs> Welcome to the cult of SpongeBob. Um, Destiny, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks it was for great. having I- me. You yeah. killed it. You killed it as our Texas expert. I think we learned so much. I try. I I also know that uh, you have like a good little social media situation going on. So do you want to plug yourself in so that way people can... Shameless plug. Yeah, by good little uh, social media, I mean I need more followers. Uh, so you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at hi, my name is Desi, and Desi is D-E-S-I. Um. How do, you, how do you spell high? Like high like I'm getting high or high like hello? High like hello. That's a good, yeah. High like hello. No one's ever asked me that. That's High like hello should be like a, a band name, I think. High like hello. Like it seems like a like an emo band name. Do you guys want to start an emo <laughs> band called high, high like hello? It should be a stoner rock band called high like hello. 
I'm oh, fine yeah. with that. <laughs> as long as as long as their songs are really long, like they like Fall Out Boy songs, oh, where it's for like sure. sweet. I just want I just want the title <laughs> to be extremely long. Yeah, not the actual. The song can be like maybe thirty seconds, but the song title needs to have at least like ten words in it. Just like one guitar yeah. chord. <laughs> yeah. Good. I think I think between the three of us, we could play one guitar chord. Great. <laughs> maybe. Maybe uh, someone will hold the frets, other person will strum, and the other person will hold the guitar, the actual physical guitar. That'll right. be a show. I like, to that. This. I like this idea. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, well, we're going to work on that. Um, if you guys want to send us any suggestions, maybe for song names, or uh, reach out to us at all, you can do so on ismaniesapodcast.com, or email us at ismaniesapodcast at gmail.com. We got a lovely email from a listener um, a couple episodes back, and it was wonderful. You can follow us on Facebook and Insta at Is Mayonnaise a Podcast and on Twitter at Is Mayo a Podcast. Destiny actually follows on follows us on Twitter, so do. you can find her there too if you don't remember uh, how to do her Instagram <laughs> name, which it's kind of lazy if you can just rewind and go back and listen again. <laughs> Either way, if you're lazy or not, please be sure to share this with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And yeah, thank you so much. We will see you next time. We learned a lot of Texas facts today. And I think the biggest Texas fact that we want to prove to everyone is that everyone in Texas can sing very, very low, like Sandy did. So Destiny will be singing the last uh, line, the last line of Sandy's Texas song. So uh, Destiny, when you're ready. <clears throat> I want to go home. I want to go home. That's good. Nice. That was yeah. good. <laughs> Killed it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>